Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. Hey, I am so glad, man, what a great Sunday that we are having in church, huh? Maybe the sun makes all the difference. I don't know. Is that like maybe above 60 degrees makes a lot of difference once in a while too. So again, I don't want you to go to sleep. I don't want you to be quiet. Hello? All right, be ready to go this morning, and I want you to engage. We begin this brand new series we've entitled The Choice. The choice. I mean, when you think about it, we are faced with choices, numerous choices every day, right? They're going to ask you, do you want paper or plastic? Are you going to use cash or credit? Do you want fries with that? How many know the answer to that question, right? Absolutely. We are faced with choices uh, throughout all of our day. But I want to kind of lead us on the realize that the path that we are on is littered with choices, And we see that in so many experiences that we have in life. Let me ask you a question this morning. Has any of you ever had an I told you so moment? Anybody have an I told you so? Well, let's talk about that for just a minute. Because sometimes uh, if you are on the giving side of that moment, how many know that's the best, right? Boy, when when you get ready to unpack an I told you so moment, I mean, don't you just get all tingly inside just looking for the moment to do that? But unfortunately, there are a lot of times that we are on the receiving end of an I told you so moment. Does it feel quite as good. Now, if you're a man here today, and if you are a married man here today, let me tell you, you will often find yourself on the wrong side of an I told you so moment, right? Well, we could talk about a lot of things, but a lot of those experiences happen in the car. Hello? Because men are genetically opposed to asking for directions, right? We tend to drive further and faster to try to get back on course when we've realized that we have been lost for a while, while the entire time our wife is sitting beside us, holding her tongue, just waiting for the opportune moment to say it, I told you so, right? Now, I mean, that was much more of a reality 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but today, has it really gotten any better? Most of our cars are equipped or can be equipped with GPS, right? Not only do we have our wife telling us that we have made a mistake, but now Jill, yes, rather emphatically, and whether she's in an Italian accent, uh, an English accent, an Australian accent, kind of, again, shouts out to everybody in the car, kind of a, recalculating, right? I, I can't believe that they have not put a voice in there that just simply says, I told you so, right? I told you so, you shouldn't have made that choice. Well, what we're going to discover over the next several weeks in our series, The Choice, is that the same principles that apply, that make sense to us or challenge us, if we are trying to get from Erie to Orlando, really applies to almost every other area of our life as well. What I mean is, what is true geographically is also true relationally, mentally, financially, and even physically. You see, there are 
predictable roads that will lead us to permanent destinations. Now, sometimes that's for good. But unfortunately, what a lot of us need to know is what happens when that's for bad. What happens when we make a choice that ultimately could bring but a long-term effect? If we could go back, how many of us realize, if we could go back to the moment where we stood at the fork in the road, realizing that we needed to make the choice, and if only we had better skill, if only we had a better handle on God's word, if only we were connected with people so that the area and the source of influence in our life could have redirected us, we could ask ourselves, and maybe we still do, where truly would I be today? You see, it's probably a safe bet to say that there are probably some of us here today that are not where you want to be. There are probably some of you that, again, are dealing with some choices that you made that, again, continue to identify and maybe are are challenging you with the question. And here's kind of the big part of it, is that we ask ourselves that we realize that that we're stuck, that, that even now we're lacking direction. Not only how did we get here, but how do I get out of this? Maybe it feels like the world is spinning and you don't know how to get off or where. You see, I think we've probably all said, I think you're all going to agree with this. We've all said, certainly at one time or another, how did I get here, right? I mean, we've seen the wall, the, the wheels fall off, we've, we faced calamity, we took the phone call, somebody showed up at our door, and we realized that our life as we knew it drastically changed. And we sit back and we ponder for a while, and some of our innate human nature just simply wants to say, how did this happen? When did all of this start? What am I going to do? You see, the challenge for us is that the fork in the road always brings a choice. And the challenge is, is that it will either lead us into understanding some really great and powerful and wonderful things in our life, or it has the ability to take us further and farther away from the hope and the peace and the joy that we are really after in our life. And so what are the things that we need to know to make the best choice in life? To know that that what God has done for us is that God wants to do through us. And part of that journey is understanding the choice that that we have to make. And the fact that all of us have said those phrases at some point in our life, hear me, speak as to the universal truth about many of these predicaments. I guess the good news in all of this when you look around is we're all in on this, right? There's not anyone who hasn't made a wrong choice. There's not anyone who thought they were taking the the fork in the road, that it was going to be better for them, that it was going to work out for them, only to realize that they had the wrong backing. They, They heard the wrong advice. They made the wrong choice, not only to bring maybe hurt and harm to them, but even to those that are around them. And so part of our study over these eight weeks is helping us to make the most informed and the best choice, to follow after truly what it is that God has in and for our life. 
So here's a couple of things that, that we're going to unpack on the morning, and that's why it's so awesome for you to join a life group, because this is where we're really going to spend some time with one another and, and really unpack this even more. But here's where we're going to go today. Our choices, they often have fights, or they follow the principle that is going to bring about our best. It is the choice, often fights, or it follows the principle that we need. Now, principles, let's talk about that for a minute. They aren't rules. They're not laws. They are just universal truth. They're, they're, they're right on Sunday morning, and they are right on Thursday night. They have impact in our life, whether you believe them or not. They are going to be applied to your situation, whether you're in or you're out. That's the power of a principle. Now, there was a scientist who lived like 300 years before Christ, and he discovered some of the big principles that, that are still apropos in our world today. Archimedes, and some of you probably remember that from, from high school or from college. And there were a lot of discoveries that Archimedes made, helped us to understand these principles that are at work. And one of them, he made a discovery or had a challenge in his life. How is it that small rocks sink, but yet large ships float? Now, if we go back some 2,000 plus years ago, I mean, that would have been mind-scratching stuff to figure out, how does this work? And it might be for you today to make this connection about some of the things that are happening in your life where you've asked that question. How is this going to work? I don't understand what's been going on. I don't know how this is going to work. Well, we apply principles. For Archimedes, it was the principle of buoyancy, which obviously most of us are aware of today. But the fact and what I want you to understand about principles is, is that it was there long before Archimedes. He didn't invent it. He just simply discovered it and then helped us to apply it. I mean, how many know things were sinking or floating long before Archimedes, right? I mean, there are things that happen. It's just a matter of that once I discover, then I have to realize I've got to apply it. I've got to have the wisdom behind me in this principle to maximize the most benefit from it. You see, what he helped us to understand is how to leverage. In fact, that was simply another principle that Archimedes helped us in our world to discover as well. The power or the principle of leverage. How you can do a lot of big things as long as you apply the best leverage. And so this idea of buoyancy is simply stated this way. A body immersed in liquid receives an upward thrust from the bottom towards the top equal to the weight of displaced liquid. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor, big deal, right? I didn't come here for a science lesson. Well, hold on. I haven't come with a science lesson for you. Here's what I want you to understand. Because you might say, Pastor, that doesn't mean anything to me today. Well, it doesn't mean anything to you unless you're drowning. Right? And somebody throws you a life preserver. Now you're going to make what? A choice. You see, it could either fail or you can choose to follow. You can choose to reject the life preserver. 
thinking that's foolish, that's crazy, that'll never work. How could a small little ring like that keep up a big guy like me? You can reject it at your own demise or you can reach out for it, realizing you might not understand how it works, but how many are glad that it works? And we're going to apply these principles from God's word that you might not have all of the pieces put together, but it will help you to choose to trust in God, to choose to trust in his word. Even when you don't see God working, you are going to choose to believe, but I know that God is working. Somebody say yes today. You see, because people that have been unwilling to leverage God's principles in their life we find that a lot of those people are missing out on fulfilling the dreams uh, that they have. Maybe intelligent people with big goals end up far from where they intended to be. But you say, but I'm smart enough, I'm wealthy enough, I've applied all of these things within myself, and yet at the end of the day, that people who seemingly have everything, they've looked to climb the ladder only to find out that the ladder is leaning against the wrong building. I've wasted all of this time, all of this effort, all of this energy. I've blown through relationships, finances, to think that, that this is what would make me happy, only to realize that I've wound up far from really what is meaningful in my life. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus told several parables in a row, but ultimately getting to the maybe the, the most dominant one that we read about in the New Testament, the story of the prodigal son. I'm sure it's familiar with most of you in here, and let me just ask you, how many realize that within that story that this kid had choices all along the way? Every step, in fact, the whole first Two-thirds of the story was one bad choice after another. About demanding his inheritance when, when really he would not have been entitled. He was too young to, to have all of that money and to have all that inheritance. He was too young to go into the, the big city, into the places that he was just not mature enough to handle with that kind of money. He thought that he was a big shot in front of all of the big players as long as the money was flowing. And so he chose just to keep throwing the Benjamins uh, left and right. Choice, choice, choice. Thinking that this is going to be the road that is going to lead to happiness. To me being a, a big shot. For me showing my dad all of those things that I told him as a young kid. And the only place that he found himself was in the pig pen. And not able to eat the food until the pigs ate their fill. Another choice. I've got to wait until the pigs are done. Until I can eat this same slop. There was a choice that Jesus said that at one point he came to his senses. He made another choice. Look at where I'm living. Look at how I'm feeling. This isn't anywhere where I thought that I would end up. How did I get here? And he was told 2,000 years ago. But again, we're asking ourselves the same question today. How did I get here? It's a series of choices that, that we are challenged to make every day. You see, there is a predictability in the truth of God, in the principles that God lays out for us. If we were going to stay in the science world today, we would say it's cause and effect. But 
The Bible says it's like sowing and reaping. Or we understand today the teaching of the principle of the harvest. You see, what goes in, we realize that there is a cause and effect that what that seed must do to ultimately give out the harvest. There is a choice for that farmer to plant the seed and then wait. And before he sees anything that's happening, he still has to nurture. He still has to weed. He still has to believe that the fruit is going to come even when he doesn't see anything happening. And the challenge for you and I, certainly living in the 21st century, is like, Pastor, I'd like to believe you, but I'd like it to happen a little quicker. I'd like God to move on my timetable, that, that we really struggle with the cause and the effect. All we're after is the effect. All we want is the harvest when we're missing out on the teachings and the principles that God wants us to do while we're in the ground and while God's working on us and God's molding us and shaping us so that at the end that we can bring forth the power and the glory that God has birthed within us. So how does the principle of the harvest relate when you think about your friendships, your finances, or even your marriage? Or what or how much are they really being invested? I mean, are you investing truly godly into your friendships? Can you say, husband and wife, are you truly investing in your marriage? Are you just hoping things are going to work out? Are some of you saying, I guess, this is just what, I guess this is just what it's going to be? Or are you passionately wanting to pursue the very best that God has for you? What about your finances? Are we just in a, a mode of recognizing? And, and obviously today, I, I mean, I, how many are getting panicked? Like, I, I live right down the street here, and I come to the corner of 38th and Cahi, and I get, like, heart palpitations looking at the big numbers on the fuel board at Sitco. Sometimes twice a day as I drive by, the number keeps going up, right? And I wonder, man, there's going to be a fine. What happens In the financial crisis, we talk about it, but at some point, the rubber's going to hit the road. What about your dreams? What choices have you made? What is your investment to really step forward and to say, listen, I know that God birthed within me a dream, and there is nothing that's going to stop me from having that dream fulfilled. A lot of you might be new just recently, but... You know, we planted real life 13 years ago, and Debbie and I were living down in Harrisburg and, and, and spoke to a few friends, and this, the whole process, we'll kind of tell the whole story, but of real life, and, and some things started to, to happen like super quick, like we weren't really anticipating that, that this whole thing was going to take place. It was happening way faster than, than we felt comfortable with it, and, and as we kind of got right into the middle of it, you, I know some of you that have been around, you've heard this a lot, but, but in the process, Debbie was, was pretty sick through this whole process. And just as we were about to kind of really kind of sign on the dotted line, jump in with both feet, Debbie got a diagnosis that she had kidney cancer. And our whole world got turned upside down, and, and I say all that to say the phrase that the director of our church planting team that, that helps plant churches all over Pennsylvania and Delaware looked at me and said, Jim, I, we've been friends for a long, long time, but, but please hear me out. I've got to ask you this question. I mean, we're investing a lot of money in you 
to plant real life, for your family to get to Erie? What happens if something tragic happens to Debbie? Please hear me today. I didn't have to hesitate very long because we knew that we knew that we knew that, that, that God was directing us in this way to plant a church. And almost without hesitation, I looked at Tom and said, then I guess I'll be a single dad raising a couple of kids, planting a church in Erie, Pennsylvania. You see, because we knew the investment. It wasn't a snap decision. We knew that we heard from God. And now 13 years later, God is just reliving that miracle for Debbie and I. Listen, I don't know if you're glad to be here on Sundays, but I can tell you, Debbie and I are glad to be here on Sunday. We're glad for that decision. Yeah, we walked through some dark times. We weren't sure if, if, God, if, if Debbie was going to be healed or a miracle or, or surgery and all that took place. But thank God, God, God had it all worked out. But God, again, like that widow woman, was wondering, are you all in? Are you going to make a choice or when hardships come, are you going to back out and say, ah, you know what? Like, I don't like where this is going. I don't like this seed that you planted. It's, it's a little heavy. It's a little hard. I think we're going to choose something a little light, a little easy. Listen, I wonder for God's best to happen in your life. Believe me, he's going to push and he's going to prod to see, are you willing to put both mites in? Are you willing to jump in with both feet? Listen, God's plans and purposes far exceed anything that you have vision of. But the deal is, God's not trying to work out our plan. God is wanting to get you and I wrapped around his plan for your life. That's when fullness that's when the, the whole idea of real life comes into play. You see, when we are not able to say that, when we are backing away from the choice of going all in, that's why we feel stuck today. And so our challenge in these days forward and all the topics that we're going to get into is to identify the right path and ultimately make the right choice. You see, first of all, eternally is a choice that we have to make. See, we have to believe in Jesus. We have to believe in this word. These, these aren't, this is life and death. And your choice today, listen, you're not here to be entertained. You know that. You're here to be given truth. And you have to choose. In fact, the truth is, every Sunday, you can't, you can't just say, hey, pastor, great word. Like, you know, God bless, I'm out. No, you got to choose. Like, am I going to work on that? Am I, am I bringing that in? And is that going to get processed? Or am, I, or am I just going through the motions? You see, eternity is a choice that you and I, that every one of us have to face. That's the primary choice. But we have a choice in our finances. We have a choice in our relationships. We have a choice in our marriage. We have a choice on our job. We have a cho choice on our ministry, our calling that God wants to do. And so you and I have got to identify, am I on the right path, and ultimately, am I making the right choice? So here's kind of the phrase that you're going to hear a lot over the next couple of weeks. You see, direction, not intention, determines your destination. Write that down, like, get that thoroughly today. See, this is what answers the question, how did I get here? How, how did all of this happen? Listen, it's direction, 
not intention. Because a lot of us, after we found ourselves in the pig pen, right, or after we found ourselves in places or moments where we know that, that we shouldn't be here or that we feel stuck, is, is simply going through all of those questions about how did this happen? How did I get here? How could so much of this gone wrong so quickly? Listen, people over the years, by the hundreds, have told me, I never intended, pastor, for it to go this far. You can mumble at me a little bit. I never intended it to cost this much. Maybe I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost my kids. I lost my reputation. I lost my integrity. I never intended when I was making those series of choices. I never intended to get hooked and keep going back for more. I thought I could stop after one. You see, the challenge of living only by intention is that will often lead you down the wrong path. And there are a lot of wrong paths out there. Can anybody say, yeah, you tracking with me today? You see, so what we want to do over these next couple of weeks is to help point you in the right direction with the right tools so that you can make the right choice to ultimately be exactly where God has always intended for you to be. You see, unfortunately, there are a couple of processes that you and I utilize to think that identify us on the right path. A lot of times it's experience. We think that we just kind of get smart or, or we ultimately get it like by going through all the experiences that we have in life. I mentioned a little bit of this last week. When I was first getting out of college, I lived with a family where the husband was, you know, maybe 15 or so years older than me. I was just kind of still wet behind the ears and maybe I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. But it seemed like Daryl knew everything. I mean, anything that was happening in life, whether how to fix a car, how to play guitar, how to do all kinds of stuff, it seemed like he always had the answer. And not that Daryl wasn't a smart guy, but now that I'm in the position to be a little older and have some younger guys around me, I realize I'm not necessarily the smartest guy in the room, but experience has taught me a lot. And now I'm in the position to help people to get further, faster, if they can listen to some of my advice. Because what? The older we get, we've all been there, right? And for a lot of times, that experience that we've been in was the wrong experience. And more times than not, we learn through pain. We learn through the process of mistakes that ultimately, for a lot of us, not all of us, to try to get us back on the right path. You see, and although experience can be a good teacher, it's not necessarily the best teacher. Do you hear me? And I'll tell you why. See, because that's been a lot of our go-to. It's just experience. But let me just challenge you with this. You see, the one thing, or maybe the couple of things, that experience robs from us are our most valuable commodity. First of all, our time. I mean, the one thing that experience robs you of is that it takes you and places you somewhere or down a path a lot longer and takes you a lot farther from where you ever intended to go. Let me just kind of make sense for a lot of you that probably drive and maybe certainly if you've been out on, on interstates. How many of you did not pay attention, whether to your map, to, to Jill, right, whatever, and, and they told you to take the exit and you didn't take the exit because you knew better? 
you knew a, a faster way, a smarter way, only that when you've missed the exit, the next sign that you come to says the next exit is like 25 miles down the roads. And you're like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? Right? Some of you are brave enough to make the illegal turn on the interstate that says don't do that. But what do we say? I am not driving 25 miles more that way only to turn around and have to drive 25 miles back that way. We break the law. How many know you don't break God's? You see, what experience does of having to go through, we've probably all been kids, and you probably made the choice. Some of my kids did. They don't want to listen to the old man. They want to make their own mistakes and learn from their own mistakes. Am I talking to anybody else in the house today? Don't tell me I got to do it myself. What does it rob you? Sometimes there's some possible good to that. But no matter what, it robs you of time. I mean, think about all the wrong decisions, the bad choices that you made in light of somebody telling you, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And we did it anyway. How much more did it cost you? How much longer did it keep you? Come on, be honest. See, experience isn't the best teacher by far. And then we haven't even touched on, what about then the bad experiences from your choices? Well, I'm going to learn by making my own choice, and then it turns out to be a horrible choice, a, a bad experience, something that's going to leave you with inescapable memories, with scars, and maybe sometimes lifelong regrets. Listen, I'm not telling you that experience isn't a teacher, but listen, if that's what you're banking on today, I'm just here to tell you, it's not the best teacher. Some of you remember about a little girl from Kansas who had red shoes and showed up in a magical place. You know, some of the challenge that Dorothy ran into when she found herself in unfamiliar surroundings is that she didn't know how she got there. She didn't know really where she was, and maybe the most frightening is, is that she didn't know how to get home. She didn't know how to get help. But what did she eventually find? She found a path. She chose a direction. And she had to make a choice to follow it. What I want to help you in these next couple of weeks together is to outline for you the path. A path for eternal life. A path for your marriage. A path for your finances. A path for your relationship. Listen, I can't do it for you. It's a choice that you're going to make. You see, it leads us all the way to Easter in this series. Because whether you understand it or not, even your eternity was not based on a for sure thing that the Savior of your soul chose what he was going to go through for you. Jesus said, nobody tells me to lay down my life. I lay down my life. I'm all in. I'm not going to get cold feet. I'm deciding. I'm choosing. There is going to be a path. There is going to be a road that Jesus came to walk on our behalf. Ultimately, that brought you and I the opportunity to choose eternal life. 
But think about your everyday life. What if we had a yellow brick road to follow? Wouldn't you say, oh, pastor, (laughs) oh, how I wish I had a yellow brick road once in a while. Sometimes the choices and the decisions are hard. Can anybody say yes? Sometimes I labor over them. Sometimes I struggle. Sometimes I'm kind of challenged. Am I making the right choice? How do I know? Don't you want to come back to church next Sunday when I tell you? It's called the hook. How do I know? Well, I want you to know that not only is Jesus still the answer, but Jesus is the answer. That his word will bring hope and light and life. It will create a pathway for you and I. Could you imagine a yellow brick road that would lead you to a marriage that you are wanting to come home every day? Maybe you're going to want to come home early some days. Because you can't wait because your marriage is just so on fire. It's just so good. Maybe a yellow brick road that would lead to better health. One that would lead you back into a relationship that maybe you never thought you would ever be able to get back into a relationship with, with that person. Maybe it's a parent, a, a sibling, a friend that it just seems like, like that's over. And yet God may just give you a path to resurrection again. You see, if that was the case, if I could put you on the path, then you would stop looking for solutions And you would start looking for direction. Because that's ultimately what we need. You see, when someone is truly lost, they're not just after a solution. What they need is a direction. When Debbie and I were working at a church in New England, we had a a music pastor that was from L.A. Uh, That's lower Alabama, for those of you that didn't know that. He was a good old boy from down south. In fact, one of Ken's line was, if Walmart don't have it, I don't need it. And one night they were going home from church and they had a little five-year-old inquisitive boy in the back seat and it was Christmas time and there were stars in the sky and Josh asked his dad, Dad, where's Jerusalem at? I mean, he was hearing about all these Christmas Bible stories. Well, Marie was kind of the real brains of the operation And so Marie started just right away, well, Josh, we are in New England, which is in the upper northeast of North America, and you would have to go east and and move yourself across Europe and then across the Arabian Peninsula, and then you would go across the Mediterranean Sea, right? Ken just listened to all of this, right? Recognizing his five-year-old and the question that he asked. And Ken said, Josh, Jerusalem's that way. Kind of simple southern logic, right? And Josh was like, great, Dad, thanks. That's all I needed. Like, I didn't need all of those details. What did I need? I needed direction. It's that way. And our hope for you and for us together, you see, to get from where you don't want to be to where you want to be, it's only going to require a couple of things. It's going to take some time. But yet God multiplies that time. The more that we involve his principles into our life, God does something in us that takes us further, faster. Can you say amen to that? God's a healer. We don't have to experience all the critical struggles in life. God guards us and God shapes us. But, but second of all, it requires proper direction. I'm so glad that you're here today. Listen, these aren't all my answers. We're going to get answers from God's word. That's where the, that's where the pathway is, is laid out for us. But we're going to be true to his word and and help that grow in your life. 
So let me just finish with a couple of honest truths this morning that I think that, can we just, how many are willing to be honest this morning? A couple of us? I mean, can we be grown-ups in the room today? I mean, just kind of, you're okay with me just laying it out? How many know it doesn't matter? I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So think about all of those challenges that maybe you've had in life. You're dealing from your past life. Maybe that you're facing, that you're involved in right now. And you're saying to yourself, how did I get here? How did this happen? Why? I never intended for any of this to happen. You see, if we're grown-ups this morning, here's what I want to tell you. There are no sudden surprises. Does that say it? So we're really not shocked at why we are where we are. It's not a surprise. It's simply the result of choices that you have made. Some good and awesome. But I'm sure some of you here today are living with some bad choices. Some things along the way that put you on the path that you're on. That's why we need direction. Listen, I have to tell people when you come to my office, maybe just needing to talk or needing some help, listen, stop looking up, start looking down. It's the path that you're choosing. That's why it is what it is. And so what do we have to do to get you onto the right path? You see, sometimes we think all of these things are isolated, disconnected, but it's not true. Our choices have connected them all to put us in the place of where we are today. Now, I found this to be true. We don't usually abandon clearly marked paths because we're looking for trouble. I know there are some, but that's not most of us. We don't wake up one morning and say, man, I wonder how I could just totally wreck my life. We don't lean over and look at our wife and just say, man, I mean, I wonder what I could do to just completely break up our marriage, ruin our kids' lives. I mean, we don't say that. But yet we realize that that's going on and that's happening all around us. So why? How? It's because oftentimes we abandon the path for the shortcut. Rather than understanding the principle of the harvest, And realizing that God wants to take some time and help us to develop. Help us to grow. Slow us down a little bit. Do some work so that ultimately at the end, that he is going to birth within us everything that he desires for our life. Some of you got where you are because you took a shortcut. You saw something that dazzled your eye for a minute. Something that tugged at your heart that said, you need this. Somehow this is going to be better than what God said no to. Listen, the Bible is full of stories like that. And unfortunately, we're still living them. We're embodying it. But your choice that there are some yellow brick roads that will get you from where you are to ultimately where Jesus wants you to be. Can Jesus help your marriage? Absolutely. 
Could Jesus help your spiritual heart to help you to be prepared for your eternity? Absolutely. Jesus going to help in your finances and your relationships that have been severed or broken? Absolutely. Well, he's so good at binding broken hearts. So I want to pray with you today as we close. And I want to pray that as I pray that you kind of start looking down, not necessarily looking up this morning. Maybe you just need to clear away some of the junk and the garbage the path that you've been walking. Maybe it's a moment for you just to get honest. I mean, I think it's kind of so cool the way God just kind of orchestrated not only our songs, but even what Caitlin had to say. We didn't really talk about any of that. You know, are you going to keep one foot in and one foot out? Or are you going to throw both coins in? Are you going to jump in with both feet? Are you going to still look for shortcuts thinking that you have a better plan than God has for your life? Or are we willing to simply submit and to say, God, you know, for these next couple of weeks, I'm going to come and I'm going to listen and I'm going to engage and I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to put your principles, your truths at work in my life. And, and let me just challenge some of you to say, if by Easter there isn't something really better happening in your life, some of the choices that you are making today and in these weeks to come that are going to birth and grow some really, really good things in your life in the day to come. In fact, Jesus said kind of pretty bluntly that there are two paths. He said there is a broad path, and a lot of people find that one. Help me out today. Where does that lead? Yeah, destruction. But there is a narrow path. And few find it, but it leads not only to eternal life, but in that process that you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. That life is getting better. Relationships are getting better. Your home is being established. Strength is coming as we wait on the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to choose a path. Choose one that you're going to trust in God's word. Trust in the times that you'll unpack these in your life groups. And see that if by, even by Easter, that your life isn't already getting better. As you are applying God's principles and God's truth to your life. Would you bow your heads with me? Could you just symbolically just maybe take that moment and let's look at the path so, Father, I ask for those that are with me, those that are serious today, that you will enable us to kind of take the blinders off, the things that we know that we've just felt like we've been snowing you. Maybe we've been kind of letting other people know that things are good when things aren't good. Maybe I've been snowing myself, but today in the midst of this house, God, that I, I choose to be honest. I choose to take the blinders off. God, I'm asking you to help me to restore to me the joy of my salvation. I'm asking you, God, that a broken spirit, a contrite heart, that you will not overlook. Maybe for some of us that, like the prodigal, are finding ourselves far from the Father's house, we'll come to our senses today and choose to get up out of the muck and the mire, out of the hurt and the pain, that oftentimes has been self-inflicted and that we will choose to 
trust in you, your word, and your work in our life. So God, every part of this process, help us. Help us to serve you, to walk with you, to trust you with our life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me across the room today? Can you take this word and this message more than just for this moment? Again, that's why you need to get back and join a life group. We're going to talk more about this tonight and every night this week. But do something. Act on what you've heard. You've got to choose today. You've got to choose today. What are you going to do with what you heard? For those of you that have been joining with us online, how good to have you with us this morning. I trust that you will do the same, that you will choose. That you'll make a choice to follow hard after God's.